McDonald's presents Burger Reviews by Hamburglar. Today's review, the best ever Big Mac burger. Take it away, Hamburglar. Rubble, rubble. He said, there's more special sauce in every bite. Rubble, rubble. He said, rubble, rubble. Rubble, rubble. Rubble, rubble indeed, my friend. Try the juicier Big Mac and get 20% off any purchase of $10 or more. Only on the app. Comparison to prior classic burgers, limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid once per day. Excludes tax. Must be opted into rewards. Welcome to Season 4 of Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. This podcast is not just information, but impartation and activation. We believe that every conversation will encourage, equip, and empower you to live the daily supernatural life. Subscribe to this podcast and then share every episode with your friends and family and be activated. Thank you so much for joining in to another adventure in the Holy Spirit. I bless each and every one of you right now who are listening to this podcast. I pray that the Holy Spirit will reveal himself more and more to you for the glory of Jesus, that you draw near to Jesus first and foremost, and then he uses you for his glory. I have a free PDF available for you to how to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit. That PDF is in the podcast description right now. You could download that and then you're on our email list. You could opt into that and go through this Bible study, how to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Today, I am, I've kind of put together this on-the-go mobile studio here from an Airbnb in Arizona. So it's exciting, guys. Going back to the roots, not the bells and whistles or anything like that, but I'm excited for today's special guest. I have Chip Dandridge, who's been a pastor. He's bivocational. He's in the trenches with people. He's pastor's encouragement coach. So today we're going to hear his story, and we're going to encourage pastors and ministry leaders. So I want to encourage you to share this podcast episode. So please help me welcome Chip Dandridge to Adventures in the Spirit. Welcome, Chip. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm honored, truly. Well, it's it's an honor. It's a pleasure to have you on, to get acquainted with you. I know that we've been in touch via Facebook and things like that. You're rocking and rolling for Jesus, <laughs> brother. So I bless what you're doing. And Thank as you. we're as I was saying earlier, you know, we need pastors, coaches. So can you share your story as to how you got into the ministry? and then into being a pastor's empowerment coach. The way I got into ministry, first, I was a very rebellious teenager. I was known in the church to be the anti-God kid, always into bad stuff to the point where the church had to form a committee to watch me to make sure I wasn't going in rooms or, you know, because I'm not sitting in the service. So one Sunday, I'm with my girlfriend. We're hanging out outside because my grandparents made me go to church because I lived with them. (laughs) So we go into church a little late, and all of a sudden, this older gentleman stands up and starts yelling at the pastor in the middle of this church for about 300 people, talking about the drums in the church and how they were, you know, terrible. This is back in worship war days. Uh, I don't know if you remember that, but... So he's yelling that, and the pastor kind of dismisses it and says, you know, that's just Satan trying to disrupt the service. And I'm like this, you know, atheist kid, like, oh, this is crazy. Then this other gentleman stands up right, sitting right behind me at the top of his lungs, yells, pastor, you're Satan. (laughs) Yeah, this is is crazy, isn't it? Then he storms out of the church, takes his whole family, and the pastor said, and this wasn't necessarily a spirit-filled church. I grew up in a holiness church, but it wasn't a, what we would call a charismatic church like I'm in now. So he said, we're going to pray. We're obviously 
seriously under attack, you know. So we begin to pray. And my great grandma who goes to the church, whether I love Jesus or not at the time, I love my great grandma. So she's like, come, you know, come up here, pray with me at the altar. So I was like, okay, whatever, I'll go because I love you. And suddenly the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit showed up where for the first time, I had felt tingles before and ignored them and all of that. But this was something different. This was the power of a and, and of God. It was the manifested presence. So the pastor reading the room, which again, not a charismatic church, so this was kind of out of the ordinary, said, we need to take our shoes off. We're on holy ground at the moment. So we continue to worship, pray at the altar. I've never been a pastor before. I'd never gotten saved. All of a sudden, I feel this unction, because I'm also a musician, to walk up on the stage in front of 300 people, tell the pastor how to end the service. Because <laughs> And I was like, what? No, I'm not. What is happening? But I did it. I didn't know any other. I never experienced it. Didn't know it was the Holy Spirit at the time. I just did it. Went up there, sat down at the piano. We, I led in a song. As I'm leading, I accept Christ at that moment at the piano. And then we closed the service. So at that point, I realized I was a Christian and I was called to ministry. The way I got in vocationally, though, I was, this was about a couple years later, I was sitting at home. I had just, that happened when I was in high school, actually. I had just graduated high school. I was sitting at home on the sofa. I remember eating some Doritos and watching an Israel Houghton worship DVD. <laughs> and God said, head over to the church. I head to the church, the pastor's there weeping, um, crying. One of the other pastors had, in the middle of the night, due to some financial issues in the church because of of recession and all of that, they had had to make some people go part-time. One of the pastors got mad and left in the middle of the night. Mm. So I showed up, and I just being the person I am, they're like, we can't get into her computer. We don't know what to do. So I was like, I can. Hey, what's the password to your computer? Because <laughs> that's just how I am. And I became a ministry assistant to the pastors. And from that point, I did everything from get coffee helped set up Sunday school classes, then became a welcome pastor, then worked in children's ministry, um, led the worship team, became a worship pastor, did young adults, eventually planted a church. That's how I was called into ministry. During that time of church planting, however, because of the way I had grown up in church culture, I was also of the assumption and belief, because I didn't know any different, that attendance was the big important thing that made you successful. Notoriety, all of that. And the pressure to not be able to get this church off the ground and become this mega church, like I thought was what was supposed to happen if you're a good Christian, that began to burn me out and burn my staff out. In the meantime of that, my now ex-wife, wife at the time, became very disenfranchised with the church. She comes to me one day, says, I don't believe, and I have her permission to share these things because we're friends now, said, I don't believe in God anymore. This isn't the life for me. I don't know what to do. So we took a year, tried to fix that. Didn't work. She just didn't want the life anymore. Didn't want to be a pastor's wife. So she filed for a divorce. It was all on her, all of that stuff. She had an affair during that time. So it was pretty, pretty nasty. I'm going through this as a pastor. And because of my denomination, there wasn't people I could necessarily go to because they were, I felt judging me, which is a huge thing pastors feel. They don't feel open to share what's really going on in their life. Right. The doctor prescribes me anti-anxiety medication. Um, I've never drank. I've never done drugs. I've never done anything. 
I began to abuse that medication unknowingly. And so eventually I was like, okay, the pressure of this church and the pressure of my personal problems and the pressure of me feeling trapped, I need to close down my church plant. I need to get out of ministry, not away from Christ, but out of ministry, which, so I take a break for about two years. Then the Lord starts doing something in my heart again. One of my friends who was passed, she ended up passing away, but she had cancer. Um, she asked me to come lead worship at her church because they didn't have a worship team and she just really wanted for that Sunday us to come. So I show up to this vineyard church, you know, which um, I had had a young adult ministry where people were getting healed and delivered and set free. And so I was familiar with charismatic movement of the spirit. Um, I just wasn't familiar with it being allowed because it wasn't allowed in the church I was in. So as I'm leading worship in this vineyard church, I feel that manifest presence of the Holy Spirit that I haven't felt in so long. Amen. And I and I felt the Spirit tell me, this is, I need you to stay here. This is where I'm it's like, I'm not going to be a pastor again. I'm not going to preach anymore, but if you want me to stay here, I'll stay here. So, and of course, the pastor's preaching on the prodigal son that Sunday. It was a complete, Ooh. Am- Ooh. yeah, it was a complete <laughs> Holy Spirit ambush for me. So these men of God that are the pastors of that church are Spirit-filled men of integrity. And... I hadn't experienced that in my spiritual fathers before. It was competitive. It was, you know, we don't want people to leave our church company. So to start being fathered by these men of God in the things of the Spirit really shaped me. And they taught me and my experience taught me there's actually a better way to do ministry in partnership with the Holy Spirit that doesn't destroy you, doesn't destroy your life, doesn't destroy your mental health and actually has a better result. So that's kind of, I went through that, and then the Lord began to speak to me and said, hey, I need you to share this path that you've been on. I need you to pastor pastors. I didn't know how to do that. And then I met someone who I used to pastor with who helps people become coaches. He said, I think this might be exactly what you're talking about. And then he taught me some of those fundamentals, and that's how I started what I've started today, which is Chip Dandridge Coaching but also the pastors, the Empowering Pastors Network, which is designed to bring pastors together and empower them to lead and live and be the people God's called them to be. Do you want the power of God to be evident in your life? Do you need to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit? Are you curious about the spiritual gift of speaking in tongues? And do you want it in your life? My wife and I have a free e-course available for you called the Baptism with the Holy Spirit, where you will learn the biblical truth and spiritual reality of the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And you'll hear true stories of how people receive the promised gift. The videos in this e-course will expand your knowledge and understanding of the Holy Spirit baptism. You'll be drawn closer in relationship with the Holy Spirit and receive prayer and activation into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You can also go through it with a small group of friends, a church class, or a discipleship group. You could download the accompanying PDF for each lesson and apply the principles to your life and take the action steps. Your faith will grow as you read the scriptures, watch the videos, and participate in the activation. The gift is for you. The gift is for today. The gift is to empower your spiritual life. We know that you will finish this course with the divine empowerment that comes through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So start your journey today. Go to charismacourses.com slash collections and click on Jared Lasky and enroll in the baptism of the Holy Spirit e-course. I love that. You're speaking my language now with the the power of the Holy Spirit. I've been a pastor. Uh, I know how lonely it can feel in the trenches. I know what it's like to have a full congregation, but be the first one there and the last one to leave to lock up. And just those feelings. I know what it's like to preach in front of 700 people or so and still have to go home and take out the trash. 
okay? I know what it's like, man. I've been in the trenches. I know, you know, that, that pastors are people and they need people pouring into them. So for you as a pastor's empowerment coach, because pastors take the, the brunt, the weight, the burdens for the most part in the present day church, right? And I, th- I believe in the fivefold ministry, why we need teams and, and, all, and all that. But uh, currently it's mostly pastor driven. Yeah. So for you, how do you encourage a pastor who comes to you and they're depleted? They're down and out. Uh, maybe they're on medication, seeking therapy and, and things like that, uh, you know, needing, needing something, but they feel all alone. So if, say if, if that were me and I came to you, what are some of the first steps you'd lead me in? The first step I usually lead people in is I first do what I would call like a focus call. It's not a call where I even see if I can coach them or not. I just see if I can help them. There's some things like, for example, that I may not be able to help with. And if that's the case, I tell them. But if if I talk to them and I find out, oh, no, this is something I can I can help with and they tell me they're depleted, the next step would be I give them what's called a life assessment. And what I do is I have them really take an inventory of their ministry, of their family time, of their life, of their health, of their finances. Because what I find is when you're in those trenches, you know there's a problem, but there's so much going on, it's a little bit foggy. So it's hard sometimes to get clarity into where exactly is the problem. Because what I usually will find is that the depletion is coming from an area where someone is trying to do something that only the Holy Spirit can do. They're trying to do it in the flesh. Most of the depletion that comes to pastors today is because our Western church culture has embraced a model of ministry that can be done in the flesh. So yeah. what happens is... Say that again, have, bro. Yeah. Say that again. So, so the Western church, again, it creates a model that church can be done in the flesh. So what, what happens is people begin to do things that God didn't breathe. Um, If we look at Jesus's ministry, he only did what he saw the father doing. The flesh says, I want to do more than the father's doing. Um, The flesh says, I need to see high attendance numbers to be excited. The flesh says, if I don't have X number of dollars in the budget, I'm not important. It says, if I don't have a huge Twitter following. So we start to pursue things that we think are God's dreams for our church, but it's actually our flesh motives have actually mixed in with our good motives. Very rarely is a pastor doing it intentionally. And usually it's going to be areas that have to be really surrendered to the spirit and let Jesus handle the outcome. I love that. Let Jesus handle the outcome. So, you know, I know, you know, as a, when I was in youth ministry, I went through some trials, tribulations, even in the pastoral ministry, uh, things like that. But I, I also had an understanding of the grace and the power of the Holy Spirit. I know what it's like to be grieving, suffer tragedy, things like that. You know, I know what it's like to be grieving, but God's still using me. Sometimes I see ministry as a way to heal people. I think too often, and I've said this before on my podcast, I think too often, we tend to shoot our wounded in the church. Yes. And also I I see an injustice towards pastors where maybe this is probably going to cause cause some controversy. Do it. I love controversy. Maybe. <laughs> I'm not afraid to, to mention this. Maybe there were promises from, say, a church board. Hmm. But then once the pastor gets installed, oh, we can't pay you that we can't give you what we promised but you know it was bait right yeah and the pastor's like that's okay i'll work two jobs i'll work three jobs you know it's all for jesus and a lot of people want the pastor in the congregation 
Okay. And I love the bread of Christ, the body of Christ worldwide. I think too often people want to give the pastor hand up, make sure that he's paid less, just a little bit less than they are. I think that's one of the issues too. I don't see a problem with pastors being blessed, families being blessed by churches, things like that. So what is your take on that? Because I think that it, it's an issue where it could really send a lot of pastors out of the ministry when it comes to the finances or the lack of. What do you think? You know, a misconception I think a lot of pastors have and a lot of Christians have, and and this will cause a little controversy too for you. For I hear it. this all the time. God doesn't care if you're happy. Mm. That that and almost as if it's a badge of honor to serve in complete poverty or it makes you more holy. That's not the case. Yes, there are people who are in a very different position than American pastors are in. There are people in other foreign countries right now giving their life for the Lord. There are people who are serving in poverty and God called them and he graced them to do that. And if that had been where he wanted some of us to be, he would have called us and graced us to be there. For myself, I'm speaking to to those of us who are kind of in Western culture. We are in a position where we have to deal with the culture around us. And that does require a certain level of sustenance. There's no reason pastors should fear being successful. There's no reason pastors should have a bad mindset around money. In fact, what I find is pastors are often so intimidated by talking about money or what they feel they deserve to be paid that they actually handicap the church because they'll do things to keep the church from raising the money they need for the mission just because their mindset about money is that it's evil. Well, we know that it's not evil. It's the love of money that's that's evil. You know, it's replacing money as God. So I find that when they've been lured in and they say, you know, I'm going to work 800 jobs and I'm going to I'm going to do whatever God calls, that is done in the flesh usually, even though it sounds noble, because the Holy Spirit isn't going to call you to something that's unsustainable for you. Oh, that's good. So later on, you're not, you know, there's going to be a night where you don't feel like leaving job one, job two, job three, then head into the hospital for the member who you have to visit. We have to, we have to understand as church board members, specifically the people who bait these people and, and call them in, God pays attention to how we honor our pastors. Yes. God pays attention. And I'm not talking, you know, of course there's abuse. Of course there's churches and pastors who take advantage and are, you know, that's not what I'm talking about. But I am saying that God doesn't want, how are we going to take care of the poor? How are we going to care for our families? How are we going to give to the church if we don't have the means to do so? So I just believe God wants his people and his pastors blessed. I love that. Well, you mentioned something, toxic pastors. That's not the term that you use, but there are toxic pastors. Absolutely. I've seen them. You and I have both seen them. We've worked with them. If a toxic pastor comes to you as an, as an empowerment coach for pastors, what would you recommend to them when you see that they are abusive, manipulative, and controlling? Maybe I'm putting you on the spot right now, but it's, it's the reality. There are toxic people. There are toxic pastors. We want everybody to encounter God's love. That pastor needs to encounter Jesus wholeheartedly. But say, again, maybe I'm a toxic pastor. I come to you. You do an assessment, you realize I'm the issue. I'm the issue with all the problems going on around me. Maybe I cause crises and stuff like that. Well, how would you, what would you coach me to do? I try to look at people the way God sees them. I'm someone who is well-versed in one of my ministries is inner healing and deliverance. So that's taught me, toxic means poison. 
I try to see what is poison to this person to make them toxic instead of just seeing their behavior. For example, a pastor who's controlling, who has to have everything their own way, there's usually something deep within their identity that needs to be worked on. They may have grown up and felt out of control, and now this is their way to control and have power over something. Pastors who need to lord their title over people and said, because I said so, they're people who were probably made to feel unpowerful at some point in their life. Um, one of the most common things I see for pastors who are toxic is they are operating and leading out of what I would call, and you're probably familiar with the term, an orphan spirit. Yes. Orphan spirit is there's not enough to go around. I'm in competition. You know, I have to earn God's love. God only is going to bless me if I perform X, Y, Z. You know, everybody else in ministry is out to get. The orphan spirit will destroy a ministry. And the orphan spirit isn't always a demonic spirit. It can be the spirit of a person that's actually made to feel like an orphan due to their life circumstances. But a pastor who is supposed to be a spiritual mother or spiritual father, a pastor who is supposed to represent that functionality of God, they can't be that father or mother if they are orphaned. So I like to help them identify why is this behavior happening? And for the most part, you'll find there is a great brokenness and they really want to change it and they'll work to change it. Now there are those who are toxic who come to you and within the first five minutes, I can tell I cannot help them because they've hardened their heart. And if someone's hardened their heart, even the spirit can't speak to them until they stop hardening, hardening it. And, that, and that's Bible. Wow. Can you share some stories, uh, some, I call it success stories, if you will, Holy Spirit success stories of what you've seen God do. I know that these pastors will remain anonymous, but can you share like just, hey, you're leading people through steps. What happens? What What are some of the glory stories, the God glory stories that you've seen through your coaching towards pastors? So one of the most common that I see amongst a lot of pastors is they've literally come to me and almost all of them have a letter already saved on their computer to resign from their church. Yeah, <laughs> Like they're ready to quit. They are stressing out every Sunday about people being at church. They're spending their Saturday nights, and you've seen it probably, begging people to come to church on Facebook. Don't miss tomorrow. God's going to do this. To when you told me that last week, you know, like with God should be doing something every. And there's this constant underlying baseline stress of them worrying about things that simply don't matter. So what I usually end up hearing at the end of the coaching is, oh, yeah, I don't even think about who's not at church anymore. I only think about delivering what God gave me to deliver. You know, I'm not saying they're reckless and don't try to manage people, but they don't feel the need to have a lot of people to feel successful. Another commonality that I see is their spiritual lives are renewed. Many pastors only spend time with God when they're preparing to preach or when they're preparing to do ministry or teach Bible study. When that happens, they're not flowing. Their ministry isn't flowing from a union with Christ. It's flowing from a couple meetings with Christ. So what, what ends up happening is, as I help them understand, hey, if you've been reading, you know, my utmost for his highest for the last 40 years at 5 a.m. every morning, and it's not doing it for you anymore, it's okay to change spiritual practices. So I'll help them incorporate practices like, um, you know, what we would call biblical meditation, which is mm -hmm. thinking of the scripture, um, solitude and silence, waiting on the Lord, listening to the Lord. One thing that I implement, and it's interesting because a lot of my clients aren't charismatic, but it benefits them, is soaking prayer. Yeah. Hey, don't 
worry about going to God with anything, but just soak in his presence. Just lay there. If you fall asleep, it's okay. And people say, I really feel more free in my spiritual life with God. And what's funny is when you stop worrying about numbers, that's when they increase. <laughs> when you, you know, when you stop worrying about, is my sermon going to make people shout and you leave the outcome up to God, you end up preaching more impactful sermons. So by the end of this, I like what I like to see and what I do see are pastors who are no longer focused on anything other than the expansion of the rule and reign of Christ, of the kingdom of God. They're not worried about what the latest trend is. They're not worried about what the latest leadership book is. I'm not saying they don't read it. They should read it, but they're not bound by that. They're hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit for their ministry, and they're able to succeed because they're not trying to do something that works in someone else's context. Because the Holy Spirit has a dream for every single church in its local area. So what I see is them becoming who they're actually called to be. I see them showing up authentically, not feeling like they are having to be the stage pastor only, where they have to put on a certain air around people and be on a pedestal. I, may, I try to make it so they can feel free to show up authentic. And really, that's what longevity in ministry is, is if a pastor can just feel comfortable doing what God's called them to do and rate success based on what the Bible says success is, which is faithfulness to the Lord, and they can become being, become being comfortable being flawed with their people. And then the last little part of that is they become, even if they're not in one of our streams of charismatic, just a little more in tune with hearing the voice of the Spirit, longevity ensues from that always. And I just, the freedom I see people experience it is probably the most rewarding thing. To enjoy their life, to see their marriage get better, see their ministry fruitful, and them not sacrificing one area for the other. That's so awesome, man. I know that healthy pastors will have healthy churches. Absolutely. And I also know that churches need more programs, whether it's an empowerment coach for pastors, for leaders, deacons, elders, you name it. You know, I was part of a an association that knew how to plant churches, train people to plant churches, but yet church planting is, could be brutal, could be tough. I've been to the Super Bowl of church planting conferences, right? Like boom, huge bells and whistles, <laughs> lights, hey, you'll get 150 people overnight, all this other stuff. Dude, it doesn't work that way. Whether it's a church transplant, you know, however people have it, but say you don't have the means, you just got the heart to do it and you start pursuing it. You know, 80% of church plants close just like I think 80% of new businesses close within a year or two of launching. But there needs to be programs for people who failed, whether mm -hmm. it's in ministry or church planting or anything, a program for them to go through to receive healing and be launched back out. So that's yeah, kind of like my thing, dude. Like, I bless you, brother, as to what you're doing for pastors. We need more like you. Multiply, 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 dude. So Chip, this has been a great conversation. Thank you. And you lead us in prayer, impart the power of the Holy Spirit to those who are listening right now, a special blessing upon pastors. Absolutely. If you're a pastor and you're listening now, or you're not a pastor or ministry leader, what I want you to do is still yourself for a moment. Create some space to actually hear God. Father, you know every need. Yeah. Lord, the, for the pastor listening that says, I can't get more than 20 people to come hear this message I've worked on. For the pastor who says there's no money in the budget. For the pastor who feels stuck like they've tried everything and their ministry still isn't being fruitful. 
Holy Spirit, I pray that you would open the eyes of their heart right now. And through divine revelation, you would reveal to them the course and the plan and the strategy to achieve the dream that you have for their church. Lord, for churches that are dead and dry, I pray that the fire of the Holy Spirit would fill them. Lord, I pray that a fresh wind would blow through, that each pastor who's saying, I want revival in my church, I want your spirit in my church, I want the manifest presence, Lord, I pray you would fill them fresh right now. Father, for pastors who are under demonic attack, I just silence every lie of the enemy, and I break every curse off of them, every attack, every negative word that's been spoken over them. I break it off now by the authority of Jesus. And Father, I release the rule in the reign of Jesus Christ of Nazareth into their lives and into their churches. Father, so they can be lifted up to pastor not just social clubs, Lord, but real life kingdom embassies, just centers of that holy fire, Lord. Lord, whether they're they're charismatic or Pentecostal, Lord, or whether they're Baptist and removed from from that type of theology, Lord, I pray that you would bring refreshing to them and restoration. And Father, I just feel really led, Lord, that there's a pastor listening who has some sort of a stomach issue that's been caused by stress. In the name of Jesus, I command that to be healed right now. In Jesus' name, and Lord, we thank you. We honor you. We bless you. Amen. I'm, I'm going to stay in that vein right now. If there's anybody yeah. with hernia issues, we command yeah. that healed in Jesus' name. Healed yes. completely in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. If anybody who's got a tumor, uh, a tumor, we command that to shrink, shrivel, and go to the abyss, never to return in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. Ooh, there we go. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Someone suffering from depression, I, I lift. Yes, Lord the veil off in Jesus name, lift the depression off in Jesus name, bring forth joy, joy. Everybody right now listening to this, there's the glory of God right there. That Shekinah cloud, let it fall on you right now. Receive the Holy spirit right now in Jesus name. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. 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 Chip. Thank you so very much for being my special guest on Adventures in the Spirit. Thank you for having me. What is the best way for people to get a hold of you or follow you? You can go to my coaching Facebook page, which is just Chip Dandridge Coaching. You can also find me on Instagram. I think I'm Pastor Chip Dandridge on Instagram. I don't even know what I am on Instagram. You have a graphic though. You'll tell me. Pastor Pastor Chip Chip Dandridge. There we go. I also have a Facebook group that's called the Empowering Pastors Network. You can just search it and you'll you'll find it um, or send me a friend request. That's awesome. Thank you so very much, brother. I want to encourage people, check out Chip Dandridge, Pastor Chip Dandridge, Chip Dandridge Coaching on Facebook, Pastor Chip Dandridge on Instagram. And also, I've got a free PDF download for everybody. Use it in your church. Use it for your personal life. How to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's available in the podcast description. And as always, subscribe and share Adventures in Spirit with Jared Lasky, available on all podcast platforms. Thank you so much for listening to Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky, a podcast that activates you to live the supernatural life. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and share it with your friends. Leave a five-star rate and review, which helps us reach more people with the love and power of the Holy Spirit and partner with us at firebornministries.com. 
And may you live your best Spirit-empowered life and have your own adventures in the Holy Spirit. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.